0: How many have had a great year this year? Been a good year for you, praise the Lord, coming to the end of the year very quickly. And uh, of course, next year is another great year of challenge. And uh, I want you to open your Bible to me, I just want to share with you something simple just to uh, get you thinking about the coming year. It's uh, found in Mark chapter 7. I want you just talk about walking on water and other strange things. And uh, let's read in verse 45. We're called to a supernatural life. We're called to a life where God's presence works in unusual ways in us and through us. Everyone's called to that. It's part of the adventure of being a Christian. And uh, to live a life without the supernatural is to live well below what God has called us to. It's not the supernatural things happening all the time, but in the course of our year, we should experience some things which we can say, Whoa! Man, that was great. Oh, whoa, that was unusual. Well, God did something different this year. How many of you had something you can look back and say, whoa, that was something God definitely did for me this last year? How many can, oh God, many can do that. That's fantastic. And uh, we need to have an expectation for the presence and activity of the Holy Spirit in our life. But you've got to do things for that to happen. So let's just read the story here in Luke, uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 45. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, Bethsaida. And while he sent the multitude away, he himself sent them away. Then he departed into the mountain to pray, verse 47. And when evening was come, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. And when he saw them straining and rowing, for the wind was against them, now about the fourth watch of the night he came to them, walking on the sea, or walking on the water. Oh, yes, Mark 7, verse 45, 6, is it? Oh, there you are. i got 7 down here. Well, that's, that's a real help. I remember having a bit of a question as I started this. Are you sure that 6 or 7? And I looked quickly, and I saw 6, 7. Uh, there we go. Mark 6, 45. I want to read that again. You know where we are now. He saw them straining and rowing, for the wind was against them. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them uh, walking on the sea. Well, that's unusual. Hey? That's pretty unusual, isn't it? Walking on water, walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by, but when uh, they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost. Mah! They cried out, and for they, everyone who saw him, were troubled. Well, you'd be troubled too. I mean, we read it now; we don't think anything of it. You imagine being out there in a boat and someone's walking on the water in the middle of the night—you'd think it was a ghost too. And uh, when he says, immediately, he talked with them and said to them, "Be of good cheer." It's me. Don't be afraid. And he went up in the boat, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed beyond all measure, and they marveled. And they hadn't really understood about the loaves. Their heart was hardened. So the first thing we need to see here is the idea of getting in the boat and going to the other side was all Jesus' idea. You would think, you know, disciples know about the uh, the conditions of the water, the conditions of the lake. They probably had some idea what was coming up. And the first thing we see is simply this, is God calls all of us to embrace a mission. Every one of us is called to mission. Jesus had in mind a harvest of souls that was the other side of the lake. When we read past these verses, we will find a multitude of people were impacted by Him. So when God looks out over lakes and over circumstances, He looks with a mission in mind. When He looks at your life, he has a mission, a purpose, something for you to be engaged in. Jesus called His disciples to follow Him. You and I are called into relationship with God, but then we're called to be a part of His mission, a part of the purpose of God in the earth. We can read the Bible and see all the great things that happened 20, you know, all those 2,000 years ago, but you and I are here, and He's telling us, get in the boat, go the other side. The other side means breaking out of the zone where you are to connect with people who don't know the Lord, but who the Lord intends to meet. He told them to get in the boat. He made them get in the boat. They were reluctant to embrace what God wanted them to do. Many times we find ourselves reluctant to say yes to the Lord, reluctant to embrace wholehearted commitment to the Lord. When you decide to follow the Lord, He wants you to get into the boat and launch out to where people are that are in desperate need, whose lives are broken, that you could be an answer to the needs that they have. Every one of us. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, now I send you. This coming year, you need to be willing to get into the boat to be actually willing to say, yes, I will go where God wants me to go. I will be in this community what God wants me to be. I am willing to launch out of the safe area and to go where people desperately need to know Jesus Christ. That's the place the greatest miracles happen. Over the last few years, I've been believing for increase in miracles in various ways. I've stretched out as I've gone into different nations, but I noticed something that that was very interesting. I noticed that the best miracles, the very best, were followed by those people giving their lives to Jesus Christ. And I began to realize that the best miracles take place where people are without knowledge of Jesus Christ. So if we're wanting to see miracles, wanting to see unusual things, wanting to see the presence and power of God work in our life, embrace His mission to reach into our community. There's someone God wants you to go to. And to get there, you've got to take a journey of faith. There's a stepping out of the comfort zone. So the first thing we see in here is God calls every one of us to embrace a mission. This is what Jesus said, you follow me, I will make you to be a fisher of men. Every one of us, whatever capacity we have, are called to reach to people who are without God, don't know God, are without hope, actually are lost in danger of eternal judgment. You and I are called to reach them. Everyone, everyone. So how are you getting on in your mission? Second thing is we find that fulfilling the call of God always requires an effort, not just a commitment, but an effort. It's got hard work in it. You notice here as they launched out, let's read in these coming verses, it says, He saw them straining and rowing, for the wind was against them. He saw them straining and rowing. Straining means it was an effort. There was hardship. There was difficulty because there were winds blowing against them. If you have made a decision to live your life for Christ, to embrace His call in your life, His mission in your life, I guarantee you, as sure as you're sitting now, you will face some hardship and contrary winds. Just because we've given our life to Jesus does not mean everything goes sweet. In fact, you have fresh difficulties come just because you said yes and launched out to follow Him. Every one of us faces difficulties. The Bible says that there were winds contrary to them. There were winds which blew against them, hindering them doing what they wanted to do. And it may well be that you're right in that place now. You've launched out to follow the Lord, to follow what you felt for His life, what you felt He was speaking to you about. And right now, it's like the winds are blowing against you. Right across the world, there are financial winds blowing adversity on people everywhere. When you're in a little boat and you've got winds against you and all you've got is the the sail or the oars, it's hard work to go forward. Over the years, I've walked with the Lord Over the years I've lived and ministered as a pastor, I can tell you now some of them were very hard years. Contrary winds, pressures, difficulties, disappointments, struggles, lack of answer to prayer, perplexing situations. This is normal for all of us when we've decided we're going to follow the Lord and fulfill His course. There are times when winds blow against us, but they won't always blow against you, and there's another wind called the Holy Ghost, and when you let him get around you and in you and get behind your sails, you can begin to rise to new levels and experience new things, and that's what God wants. In the coming year, it's an year for you to experience new things, but you've got to position yourself for that to happen, so our mission or fulfilling God's call requires an effort. It's an effort to stay on course, just even keep going. Over this year, think of people that you know, they started out walking the air, in the beginning of the year with the Lord, and now they've gone off course. What happened? Simply, just a wind blew against them, and in the middle of the wind, they didn't respond right, and so they got blown off course. You get to, to steer your boat right, you've got to know where you're going, you've got to have clear vision, clear direction, and you've got to hold the rudder. You've got to actually set the course. You, there's no place in the Christian life for you to be passive. You can't expect to be passive, and yeah, whatever will be, will be. You know, well, God, if God wants me there, he'll get me there. Hey, that's, that's nonsense. God wants you there. You've got to decide you'll commit to getting there. You can't just drift and, and hope that somehow God's goodness will get you to where he wants you to get. We have to make a decision to live by faith. To live by faith means, I've heard what God wants, I've responded to what He wants, I'm determined nothing is going to drive me off course, and there may be some of you sitting here tonight, and you've been driven off course by a contrary wind, why don't you tonight make a decision as you come to the end of this year, you'll get back on course with Jesus Christ in your relationship with Him, and what He called you to do. You know what He called you to do. You've just been blown off course. Just make the decision, God, I need you to help me. I'm in a contrary wind, and I want to get back on course for 2009. Amen? Back on course for 2009. And that means you may have to stand up on the inside. You may have to make fresh commitments. You may have to break off some things. You may have to reorganize your life. Whatever it takes to get back on course, don't let the wind blow you off course. You end up on the rocks. You end up miles away from where God intended you to be. Relationships can take you where you never wanted to be. Financial things can take you where you never wanted to be. Compromise can take you where you never wanted to be. So if there's an adverse wind blowing, just understand this, it's part of the course and Jesus is watching what is happening to you and how you're responding, he's about to intervene. Let's have a look in the verse here, notice here it says, in verse verse 48, Jesus saw them, he saw them. So our mission requires supernatural intervention. If you're gonna live out the Christian life, It's going to require Jesus to intervene and to help you. The life of walking with God is a life of dependency on the Spirit of God. It's a dependency on the Holy Spirit to help us fulfill what we're called to fulfill. Listen, if you could live it without God, you wouldn't need to have the Holy Spirit living within you. The reality is. There's many hardships and difficulties. We need supernatural intervention in our life to fulfill our course. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, notice here it says, Jesus saw them. He saw them toiling. So, whatever you're facing, He's able to see it. He knows what's going on. There's nothing happening in your life now He doesn't know and is not aware of. And perhaps you're there and you're struggling, straining. It feels like you're at the darkest hour of night. It feels like you're about to go off course. It feels like you're about to be overwhelmed by the waves. Nevertheless, Jesus can see what you are experiencing and is willing to intervene. The Bible says he came to them. He initiated coming to them and he demonstrated as he came to them his dominion over circumstances of life. He literally walked by the supernatural power of God across the water. I don't know what that looked like, but I would imagine probably the water was up to Somewhere up to around between his knees and his ankles, and he was just walking. There there were some accounts in Indonesia many years ago of uh, people in revival and how they had to cross a flooded river. And when they went across the river, as they felt the Lord speak to them to cross as they walked, it never seemed as though the water got any deeper than their knees. It was below their knees all the time. And they just walked across, but they were held up supernaturally by the power of God because people trying to follow them were swept away. It was too deep. So the miracle power of God, now listen, when God, when Jesus does miracles, it's always to learn something, and He wanted them to see He is Lord over creation. He created all things, He has dominion over it. Yes, there may be adversity, but listen, Jesus is not limited by the circumstances. He has dominion and power and is Lord over them and as a human being He demonstrated what a man filled with the Holy Ghost can do can have dominion and change natural circumstances change the events around them to favour the fulfilment of the mission of God Listen, God is determined that you and I will fulfil the purpose He's called us to He's determined that, all we need to do is be willing to cooperate Notice what it says here that Jesus looked like uh, he was, uh, was going to pass them by, and uh, notice what they said. When they saw Jesus doing this, notice their lack of discernment. They just said, whoa, it's a ghost! One of the things we need to learn to do is to be able to recognise the Holy Spirit moving in ways we're not used to. I've noticed an interesting thing over the years in the church, is whenever God moves in a way we're not used to, the tendency is to judge it and criticise it and then be separated from what God is trying to do But God is able to do many, many things all across the world God is doing unusual miracles His glory is coming into meanings. unusual things are happening and one of the things that you and I have got to make sure we do is you don't look at the unusual and say it's a ghost that you don't look at the unusual and imply natural limitations upon it that when unusual things happen that we have an, a spirit of inquiry what this is about, what God is trying to teach us, or simply just a childish wonderment at the things God is doing It doesn't mean to say we accept everything that we see It doesn't mean to say that we're childish in everything we see The Bible says we should test the things to see what they be in God We need to test things to see what the Spirit is behind them But nevertheless, when unusual things happen, we need to be open to them When uh, in, uh, A decade ago, there was a movement of laughter came, and God began to do unusual things now most of the people that, were, that I know that were representatives of God and supposed to be speaking on His behalf did not recognize what He was doing. And not only did they not recognize it, some were vocally critical of what they saw. All they could see was something that scared them, and they began to react to it. You and I have got to have a hunger and a love for God that whatever God does, that's fine by me. Uh, and walking on the water is pretty freaky and unusual, isn't it? And whenever there's supernatural things, here's one of the things common about supernatural things, is they freak people out, because the natural mind can't comprehend the things of the Spirit, so when God does unusual things, like how unusual is a pillar of fire? That's pretty unusual, isn't it? How unusual is a, is a cloud that just lives over the top of people and keeps them sheltered through the day? How unusual is it is for fire to fall from Heaven and fall on an altar? How unusual is it for the power of God to come on people, and there's a sound like noise, like a wind, like an express train fills the place, and there's fire on top of their heads? How unusual is it for someone to fall down dead in the middle of a service because they lied to the Holy Ghost? You see, the Bible is full of the unusual. It's full of a supernatural God doing unusual things, so we've got to watch that we maintain openness to supernatural things, openness to new experiences in God, openness to receive the new, and so what if your whole body shakes when the Spirit of God comes on you? Well that's an interesting thing isn't it eh? Well he's probably just trying to shake something out of it, let him do it And so what if you fall on the floor and can't move? Probably you've been too busy, you need to stop so what is it if God opened your eyes? We were here in one time, and God opened the eyes of many people, and they saw immediately straight into heaven into the spirit world. That's, that's unusual, isn't it? God has got much for us, and we're in a season now where God is pouring the Spirit out all over the world, so we don't be freaked out by experiences which are unusual. We want to say, wow, God! <laughs> that's our God! Boy, He's amazing! What about Peter in prison and an angel comes just opens all the doors they go kick, 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 and open kick, kick, kick open 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 and he walks out oh that's unusual isn't it eh if you start to look at the Bible and look from one end to the other you find it's full of the unusual it's just when you read it you get familiar with it and you just read it and we read it like it's a story and we don't meditate and engage that actually God did something that is amazing and when you got this that is amazing. Wow, God! That's the kind of Spirit that enables us to enter into these things. I've found many times when God has moved, people have, oh, I don't know whether I agree with that. Well, that kind of shuts you out from it, and so we want to be open for the Holy Spirit to do for great new things. That's why we're beginning next year with the season of fasting, prayer and fasting, to get in and position ourselves for fresh things in the coming year. I guess the next thing here, eh? be willing to take faith risks. Be willing to take some risks. It says they saw him and they were troubled. And he said, be of good cheer, it is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter, if you read it, Matthew chapter 14 said, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Now, you see, when the Spirit of God is moving, you notice what Peter did. There was a miracle taking place in front of his very eyes. He's seeing Jesus Christ walking to him on the water. There is a supernatural power present. Now, 11 of them just spectated. Oh, yeah, yeah, not bad. One of them said, count me in. God is moving. I want to jump in and get part of this. He says, if that's you, tell me to come and walk on the water. What I've noticed about miracles is this, is when a miracle takes place and God is moving, there is an atmosphere for others can reach into and take hold of what God is doing and begin to experience something they've never experienced before. Or you can sit in the boat and the opportunity passes by. I wonder what the disciples thought the next day, thinking, I could have walked on water yesterday, you know. Why the heck didn't I stretch out when I had an opportunity? And see, opportunities come often when we don't expect them. They're quite unexpected when opportunities come for something unusual. That's why if you've got a hunger for the things of God, you will, when God moves, you'll say, Count me in. I want some of that. You know, God's moving and touching someone's life. The thing in your heart ought to be, Oh, I want some of that. God begins to speak over someone's, Oh, I want some of that. There's got to be that hunger, that desire towards God. Say, God, I want some of that. I want some of what you're pouring out on others. If you're giving it to someone else, give it to me. And this is what, Jesus, this is what Peter did, which is so dramatic, so amazing. Most people think about Peter, they think of him sinking. Isn't that right? We think of the negative, rather than actually thinking, whoa, he walked on water not once, but twice. Who cares whether he sank? That was just an opportunity to learn something. Most people are so filled with fear, they look at that, oh, 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 don't do any of that walking on the water stuff. You never know. You might sink. You're right, but you might walk, and you see, in this man walk twice. He walked once when he got a word from God. He walked once when the Lord picked him up and helped him out, but he walked twice on the water, and I reckon that's something else I would have loved to have been there. But you know when God is moving, you've got to take that thing, God, count me in, count me in, count me in, count me in. it has got to be that hunger and desire to participate in what God is doing, otherwise, we see God doing things, and we, we, what, we do, what we tend to do is this, God is doing something, something fresh, we tend to filter it through our mind, go back through all our past experiences, nah, I don't agree with any of this, this isn't God, and then we just shut it out, and we're cut off from what we could have entered, I don't do that, the coming year we're going to see different things, There's going to be new things happening, and we want to be part of it, we want to hunger for it, make a decision, we're going to be willing to take a faith step, get out of the boat, hey, count me in, if God is doing something, count me in, If God is moving on a whole group of people, count me in. I'm running up there to get some. There's got to be a hunger grow in your life for God. Not just come to church and have meetings, meet with young people and have coffee afters. There'll be more than that. There'll be more to it than that. I need to have a hunger for God. I need to cultivate that hunger for God and want more. No matter what he does, I want more. Hey, Wanting more all the time, see? So, So faith operates on hearing God. You've got to get something for yourself from God. See, one guy spoke up and said, God, give me some of this. And he got some. He had a word from God. The other sat and said nothing. You've got to talk to God. You've got to make your desires known. Peter was a man with passionate desire. Man, he was, a, he was, a, he was an extremist. Extremist is someone who goes a little further than you are willing to go. Okay? Eh? They're willing to go further than you were. He was like that. See, we think of extremists. We think of someone to be avoided. But he was actually extreme. He was radical. He said, God, I see miracle happening here. Count me in. I want to walk you got to walk on the water you got to have that same desire and hunger And he got a personal rhema from God I don't think of the others that stepped out that have got it But he got, he got a word from God And the power, go, the power flows when you step out of the boat, step out of being in control, and respond to a word of God now I'm saying doing stupid stuff Some people do stupid stuff Stupid stuff is where you've just got a, a hype or you're, you're wound up with enthusiasm Listen, this is no, there's no substitute for spiritual reality You've got to have spiritual reality. You've got to engage God, and then you get a word from him. and You step out on that word. Things begin to change and shift. And does it all go smooth? No, it doesn't always go smooth. And we see that with Peter. Here's the last thing we'll share with you here. Notice with Peter here, as he walked, he started to look around. And, uh, and uh, he looked around. And he saw all the wind and the waves. As soon as he got his eyes off the Lord, he began to sink. And he cried out to the Lord. Immediately, Jesus lifted him up. So we can learn a whole heap of things out of this passage. Let me give it to them very quick. Number one, cultivate a desire for the supernatural. Get into prayer and fasting. Get Hungering for God, hungering to experience God. So build your disciplines of prayer and your time alone with God, but hunger to experience God. Tell Him you desire Him. Spend time worshiping. Maybe give a little bit of time uh, every day, a little bit of time every week extra where you're just in the presence of God, and you're just there not to try to get something from Him, but to just enjoy being with Him. Cultivate your desire. Fasting helps do that. Seek the presence of God. Seek Him to come as you have times of prayer. Don't just have a little prayer time. Seek to engage the presence of God. Let your inner man begin to be freed up as you pray in tongues and begin to meditate on His presence, begin to draw His presence around you. Embrace and celebrate in the presence of God. That's a surefire way to help activate the supernatural life in you. Second, need to reach out when God is moving for something for yourself. So if there's a prophetic flow in the church, reach out for a word for yourself Whether you come up or stay where you are, God can speak to you when that anointing is there There's a healing flow, reach out for a miracle for healing When God is setting people free, reach out for God to do something in your life If the presence of God is here, reach out for something You've got to stretch out, and it was Peter stretched out and he got something from God that really fired him up Next thing is, when you step out, you've got to step out from the comfort zone if things are going to move in your life In the coming year, I believe there's a challenge for every believer, step out of the comfort zone. Step out of where you feel safe to where you need God. We've got a prophetic evangelism team, and they step out and to meet uh, people who don't know the law, to speak, and believe that as they meet them, God will give them a word. God will bring something supernatural to that person. seen hundreds of people touched just through that simple action, but what about next year? Young people, believing for your friends, stepping out, just do something different in the school. Start a prayer meeting. Then begin to build an atmosphere of faith for God to move. Then get some people in, get Anna and the team to come to do something. Pray for the doors to open, for opportunities to come. you have got to really step out. We can't just keep doing the same things. So, and then keep, keep what God gives you in focus. If you, if you get easy, easy in the midst of difficulties, get blown off course. And one of the things absolutely certain as you step out with God, you will experience failure. But don't fear failure, just learn from it. Don't be afraid of failure. If you're failure, so what? <laughs> Oh, that one, That's one way I've learned not to do it, you know, now what can I learn from that? Just learn from things that go wrong One of the difficulties that many Christians face is we become so afraid of doing anything different or failing We don't do anything at all, it's better to have a go And if nothing happens, well nothing happened. Figure out, and learn from it and then go again See, but failure itself is not fatal, it's the fear of it will stop you stepping out so what's the worst that could happen? Maybe it just doesn't work like you think. Maybe God does it some kind of differently. But if we never step out of the boat, we don't ever see the miracle. We've all got to take that step. So I wonder if you'll be thinking about in the coming year, what steps you'll take out. Where will you move out of your comfort zone? What are you going to begin to believe God for in the coming year to stretch out for? Start to get to prayer now. Don't wait till the coming year. Get into prayer right now. See? <laughs> Expect God to be faithful. Expect God to honor. Notice here's the interesting thing. That when Peter reached out, Jesus immediately gave him a word that activated the supernatural around his life. See, he was activated by something he personally got. And if you're going to move in supernatural things, you have to actually get something personally from God yourself. You can't ride on your parents' faith. You can't write on the pastor's faith. You can't write on anyone else's faith. You can receive impartation from it, but every one of us needs to get something from God ourselves. And then as you step out on what God gave you, then don't worry if you sink. Just get your eyes back on the Lord. He'll get you back up. I reckon Jesus was more pleased with Peter who stepped out and had a go than the 11 who sat in the boat and just looked and commented and the next day regretted, I wonder why I never did anything. And perhaps you're there tonight, perhaps as you look back over the year, you're one who sat in the boat, never stepped out, never took risks, never dealt with issues in your life, never moved to do anything for God, and so here you are at the end of another year of your life, a valuable year of your life, sitting in the boat with regrets, because during the year others stepped out, engaged God, got something from God, and did things they'd never done before. What about you? You see, don't stay in that place of regret, don't stay in that place where you're blowing off course. Make a decision, right now Lord, I'm getting back on course, I'm renewing my relationship with you, I'm going to begin to pursue your presence to hear fresh from you, and I'm going to step out in the coming year to embrace the mission of reaching other people. That's where the best miracles are, outside yourself reaching for other people. That's where you see God move in the best way. And so, you, so what if you got blown off course just tonight, settle it, I'm getting back on course, 2009 is my year of advancing with God. It's my year of moving from where I am and progressing in my faith, moving from where I am, progressing in my relationships, moving in my, from where I am, progressing in my finances. That's where we're at right now. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads right now. Just for a moment, just in this time, where we are just uh, alone with the Lord, the last meeting at night time in 2008. Father, we thank you for all the wonderful things you have done, but we realize, Lord, there's many here tonight that were blown off course. If you got blown off course this year, there's difficulties came and you just diverted from what you should be doing, where you should be going, what God had been telling you to do, and got distracted with something, and. And you're here tonight, and you realize, man, I'm off course. I've had winds of adversity, difficulty, sorrow, pain, distress, and I just lost my connection with the Lord, or I'm off course in what I should be doing. If that's you tonight, why don't you just raise your hand and say, God's speaking to me tonight about getting on course again. Why don't you raise your hand? God bless. Many people tonight putting their hands up. God's wanting me back on course. Perhaps for you, uh, God has been speaking to you about embracing commitment to serve Him, commitment to do something for Him, commitment to reach your friends, to even just get into the boat. That's the heart of God for every person, that we not just grow in the Lord and experience Him, but we carry what we have to other people. And if God's speaking to you tonight about actually committing yourself to be involved in the harvest, to be involved somewhere in working with others in the church towards harvest, yeah, being committed in some kind of way that you haven't been before, why do you raise your hand and say, God's speaking to me about that tonight. I just know that's in my heart tonight. God bless. Many hands going up tonight. I wonder tonight if you sat in the boat during this year and And because of fear, or indifference, or apathy, or just being passive, you watched others reach out and get something from God, and step out and do things you've never seen before. And you just sat there, and and you're feeling a bit of regret that you've actually missed some opportunities this year. If that's you tonight, why don't you raise your hand and say, that's me, i not speaking to me, that's me this year. I've watched others, I've been a spectator, but I need to be a participator. Amen. God bless you for putting your hands up. That's fantastic. This is what we're going to do right now. Just a moment. The musician's just going to just uh, lead us just a song to worship Jesus. I'd like you to do this. I'd like you just to come and just make a row here at the front, and just build an altar. Lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your heart to Him, and you talk to Him. He wants to give you a fresh word. Wants to speak into your heart and life. If if if, if saying tonight, well, Lord, I need to get on course. I need to get in the. I need to make a commitment to properly serve You. Get involved with others in the local church and get involved in mission, reaching out to my friends. If that's you, why don't you speak to him about that? Say, Lord, tonight I purpose to give myself to serving you, to reaching my friends. Perhaps it's you tonight, you've gone off course. You say, Lord, tonight, tonight I repent. I want to come back on course tonight. I thank you, Lord, you're faithful. You were passive and you sat and watched others. You say your prayer will be something different. Say, Lord, forgive me for being passive and indifferent. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I want passion and zeal. I want to stretch my faith in this coming. Lord, make opportunities for me to step out of the boat. Lord, create those opportunities in this coming year. Opportunities for do th- to do things I've never done before. Let me just stand and come to the front now. Just as God has spoken to each of you in that area, just come and stand and just build an altar to the Lord just in prayer. Lift your hands to Him. He's going to have an atmosphere of worship. And as we close off the last meeting of this year, it's a time to just worship Him and say, Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. But Lord, I'm believing for new things this coming year. The Lord is a faithful God. Even if we're failed, He remains faithful. He's Emmanuel, God with us. That's right. You just speak to the Lord, just tell Him. Perhaps there's someone here tonight and you're not yet a Christian, you haven't given your life to the Lord. A wonderful thing for you tonight to finish this year would be to just make a decision. I'm gonna receive Jesus Christ. I wanna become a Christian. I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna become connected to God, heart to heart, spirit to spirit. If that's you tonight, why don't you come and stand in front of me to stand in front of me and say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to become a Christian. I don't want to live my life empty without God. I don't want to live my life without any sense of purpose. I want to come and receive forgiveness and receive a new life in Jesus. If that's you, make your way down the front. Just come down and stand in front of me so I can pray for you. Is there anyone here tonight? That's where you're at. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Why don't you quickly come, 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 come. Don't hold back. It's a great night to receive Jesus. I wonder if there's some tonight...